0: Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the November 6th episode of the bull bear banter. Cheyenne Dunham is joining me and will give us an update on this week's market. Cheyenne?
1: All right. So taking a look at our market update today, December corn was down two and three quarters cent, closing at four hundred six and three quarters, which was actually up eight and a quarter cent for the week. March corn futures ended the day at four thirteen and three quarters, which was down a penny for the day, but those did gain ten and a half cents for our week-on-week. Week. Switching over to soybeans, January beans lost two and a quarter cent today. Those ended at 11.01 and a half, gaining more than forty-five cents for the week. And finally, March soybean futures were up a penny and a quarter today. That put them at $10.99 and a quarter, which was up 51 cents for the week. We do just want to make a note here that March futures are now only a couple cents less than January soybean futures, while November 2021 futures, which closed at 10.06 today, are 95 cents less than January futures.
0: Well, thanks, Cheyenne. I think the obvious big story this week is the ongoing story about the U.S. election that was held Tuesday. While many races have been decided with winners and losers announced, there are still several undecided results, most notably the contest for the U.S. presidency. It appears that we will know a lot more by the time the markets open back up on Sunday night. And while I wouldn't want to imply that the market doesn't care about the results, it feels like, for the most part, they have moved on and will adjust once there is more clarity. For now, with regard to grain prices, next Tuesday is probably as important as anything. The WASDI report that will be issued then is expected to have quite a few changes, Most analysts are expecting the 2020-21 ending stocks for both corn and soybeans to be reduced. Today, it looks like most expect a decrease in production due to lower yields, but also an increase to demand, mostly through increased exports by the end of the year. With that, let's discuss other items impacting prices as we move into the bull bear factors.
1: For our bull factors on corn, export inspections improved a little last week. Those went to 28.4 million bushels, which was up from the previous week's 26.8. And while this still seems a little low, it's more than double the 11.2 million shipped during the same time last year. Export sales hit a new marketing year high last week. Those came in at 102.8 million bushels sold For comparison, the previous week's sales were 88.3 million, and last year at this time, we only saw 19.2 million for the same week. Total commitments are now 1.307 billion bushels, compared to 468 million at the same time last year. Mexico continues to be our biggest buyer, buying more than 40 million bushels, or about 40% of the sales for the week. China did step back in for some corn, buying about 8.5 million bushels, or about 8% of the total that we saw. With total commitments for the year at 1.307 billion bushels, that's more than 56% of the USDA's projection for the entire year. So maybe we'll see that number increased in next week's WASDE report. And finally, worldwide weather issues continue to be a concern. South American concerns include not only the current dryness, but more impacts from La Nina. In the Black Sea region, there are ongoing concerns about dryness as well.
0: As far as bear factors for corn, U.S. harvested acres were estimated at 82% versus 72% last week, 49% last year, and 69% on average as of Sunday. Iowa was 87% complete versus 78% last week and 38% last year, 63% on average. Illinois is 89% done, Nebraska is 86% complete, Minnesota at 83% and Indiana is 73% done. All of these are well ahead of last year. Illinois and Indiana remain close to their five-year average, while Minnesota is 18 points ahead and Nebraska is 13 points ahead of their averages. If you're wondering why we keep including this in the bear column, it's simply because this info helps remove uncertainty. And uncertainty generally leads to more volatility, which in this case would help support the market. U.S. ethanol production improved again last week to 283 million gallons, up from 277 million the previous week. This is the highest level in 32 weeks, which takes us back to late March. However, this is still more than 5% below the same time last year. Ethanol stocks remained unchanged for the week and have been averaging 831 million gallons per week for the last eight weeks in a fairly narrow range. Gasoline demand slipped again last week to less than 98% of the previous week. Last week's demand was also about 9% below the same week last year. Crude oil futures continue to be under pressure even though the December futures were up about a dollar and a half this week, but it's still below the psychological $40 per barrel level for West Texas Intermediate crude. Please continue to keep an eye on cash corn prices for delivery after December. Can you afford to store that corn for the difference between what you can get now or 3 months from now?
1: For soybean bull factors, export inspections continue to be strong. Last week we saw 76.5 million bushels loaded. While this is down from the revised weekly number from the previous week's record of 103.6 million, it continues to be well ahead of the same time last year. The cumulative total is now 609 million bushels versus about 351 million at this point last year. Export sales dropped a little bit last week. Those went to 56.2 million bushels, which was down from 59.5 the previous week, and that makes a new marketing year low. However, with total commitments to all destinations now standing at 1.782 billion, we're still more than one billion bushels ahead of the same time last year. Soybean plantings in Brazil improved last week, to 35% complete, up from 16% previously. That's still behind the 44% we saw at the same time last year, but gaining on the average of 39%. Soybean meal continues to be relatively strong, with December futures gaining more than $4 a ton this week, finishing the week at $382.40 per ton. The real story this week in the soy complex, though, is soybean oil. December oil futures have added about $0.10 per pound since early March. I know that doesn't sound like much, but it's moved from about $0.26 per pound to more than $0.35 per pound. That's an increase of more than 35%. Another way to think about that is December soy oil is currently worth more than $700 per ton. December soybean meal futures are around 382 a ton, and January soybean futures are the equivalent of about $366 per ton. So, yeah, it's a big deal and is really giving a lot of support to soybean prices right now.
0: As you might imagine, the soybean bear factors are pretty slim this week. Harvested acres were estimated at 87% nationally at the end of last week, up from 83% the previous week. last year, and still staying ahead of the five-year average of 83%. Iowa was estimated at 97%, up from 94% last week, 76% last year, and the five-year average of 86%. North Dakota is 100% done, Minnesota is at 99%, Illinois is at 93%, and Indiana is 87% complete. For most of these bull bear factors, we focus on the value of the futures market. But, we continue to think that we also need to highlight the inverse in soybean futures as well as cash prices. January futures continue to be the highest price on the board, and cash bids continue to show an inverse for anything sold after January. Please take a look at your local bids for price comparisons. And while there is currently more than a dollar difference between the current cash price and October of 2021, we do think that you should look long and hard before you decide not to sell anything for next fall. Think about this, how many soybean acres are going to have to be planted next spring in the path of that derecho? While I can't say that it changes the national corn to soybean acreage ratios drastically, there may be a lot more soybeans available locally 12 months from now.
1: On our what to watch for and upcoming events, the USDA will release their latest WASDE report next Tuesday, November 10th. Wednesday, November 11th is Veterans Day. So keep in mind that while this is a federal holiday, and we won't have mail service that day, the Board of Trade is going to be open. And speaking of Veterans Day, did you know that MeTV will be airing the final episode of MASH that evening? That episode, titled Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen, originally aired February 28, 1983, and drew more than 105 million viewers. It's going to be shown next Wednesday, starting at 6 p.m., in honor of Veterans Day. The Landis annual meeting will take place in early December. With several events scheduled around the area, members should keep an eye on their mailbox for complete details. Also, following this part of the bull bear banter, stay tuned for a message from Matt Karstens regarding our fiscal year financials for the year that wrapped up at the end of August.
0: And now for Tom's take. Recently, many states, and particularly rural areas, have seen another spike in positive COVID results. And while this entire issue will continue to be debated, we at Landis are going to continue to keep our facilities locked down with only essential employees entering workspaces. We know that this has caused a change in the way we are all conducting business, and has made it more difficult in some ways. However, we continue to believe that the health and safety of our customers and our employees should be our main concern. It's also forced us to analyze and adjust some of our business practices. There is now even more information available to you through our customer portal. You can now sign contracts electronically, which is saving all of us some time and effort, as well as postage. If for any reason you are having trouble accessing your information, please contact your local Landis facility by phone or email. When we first began to roll out some of these new innovations, we know that many were resistant to the changes. But as more and more people are accessing the info, we continue to hear the comment, I wish I would have done this earlier and many of our customers are telling us that it has made their lives easier. If you have not yet begun to take advantage of all of the information that is available online, we would encourage you to take that first step and contact your local office. We think you will truly find it worth the effort. Well, joining me now is Matt Carsons, President and CEO of Landis. Welcome, Matt. Thanks so much, Tom. Excited to be here and talking to our farmer owners today. Glad to have you. So I know that last week the Board of Directors met for their monthly meeting and they approved the fiscal year results for the last fiscal year that ended in August. Can you just kind of give us a sneak peek on maybe what folks will read in
2: their, in their annual reports this year? Well, absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Uh, we're actually able to now report that uh, for the first time in Landis' history, we were in the black on local earnings. We made uh, right at uh, a little over $1.5 million locally and the total when you add in patronage from uh some of our regionals and that was at 8.6 million so a very strong financial year even though there was plenty of challenges uh across the board with uh drought HO, covid the list goes on and on but uh you know our our co-op had a really strong performing year and and it's great to be able to report that for the first time as as landis
0: yeah that is good news um
2: that you attribute those results to this year? Well, I, I, there's a lot to attribute to without a doubt, Tom, but I, I want to start with our employees. I think our employees really rose to the challenge. Um, when I when I was fortunate enough to be named President and CEO on March 9th, I really felt like uh, there was a new resurgence of commitment to our company by our employees and and that commitment to finding a way. Because As I came in, we weren't uh, in, in a great shape for that uh, financial year or fiscal year yet, but um, it turned around quickly and I, I started with our employees and great performance by them. I also want to thank and contribute some of this to our farmer owners. I think they're giving us a chance to prove ourselves, to do the things that, that we need to do to be successful with their help and, and, and support of that and, and just encouragement. And then last when you get into the individual businesses tom it was really a great year by grain you know covid presented an opportunity that many cooperatives didn't take advantage of but we did we went after that grain found a way to export it out of our local markets the state even the country in some cases and that push by our grain business was a big uh, big driver of success so those three of our employees our farmer owners and the grain business really rising to the challenge took it to uh, the to next an level. And all of our businesses, by the way, did a nice job in contributing in any way, shape, or form they could, but, but Grain really stepped to the, to, the, to the plate and helped us knock it out of the park.
0: Well, I think that kind of brings up the next question then, because of that level of profitability, I think there's some perks that come to the, the farmer owners beyond just working with a very successful cooperative. So what's unique about the benefits for the land as farmer owners this year?
2: Well there's really a, a couple which is first you know when we make money that gets passed on to them and there's a delicate balance of that of course Tom between what uh, what we do on the back of the farmer during the, the season and waiting till the end to give back versus you know what we do now so um, first and foremost there'll be a one cent per bushel cash all cash patronage paid to our, our grain farmer owners which we're excited to provide and then for everyone uh, to also participate in relative to the grain business, there'll be a 14 cent per bushel tax deduction that they have the opportunity to claim. If the farmer was profitable and not a C corp, uh, they can use the section 199A to take advantage of that. And, you know, we all kind of maybe have different opinions of the 199A, but I'm going to be very clear about this to our farmer owners and 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 the industry. This is a big deal. And, you know, it shows that delicate balance between us making money uh, on the back of the farmer versus you know and paying it at the end in some form of cash, equity, whatever, uh, or using you know a very closely ran P and L and having the 199A opportunity for our farmers to take advantage of when they made money, not for uh, C corp. So uh, and the other way to validate this is that there are a lot of folks in the industry lobbying federal government and even state government get to get, a, to get uh, the 199a taking out of the marketplace so it is a real advantage for our cooperatives to use and and we're using it here at landis so providing an overall 15 cent per bushel advantage to our our members is uh, our farmer owners is really important to us and i hope our uh, our farmers enjoy this and although we're not tax advisors uh, they should be visiting with their Uh, tax consultants on this. We'll also have some information that we're going to share with them, particularly around the 199A, to make sure that our farmers really know how to take advantage of this and provide that resource as best we can. Not as a tax advisor, but somebody helping to guide that discussion with our farmer owners and their tax uh, experts on their side. Absolutely.
0: No, that sounds good. So for every individual farmer, how do they find out what the value of this is to them and to their
2: operation? Yep, so we'll be mailing out the uh, the one-cent patronage checks in early December. There'll be a letter coming in early December with that regarding their piece of the Section 199A amounts. So all that will be available through the mail and then also through the customer portal. We'll be sending that out there as well and email and text uh, on them on, as this communication comes out. So we'll have lots of forms of communication to them but mail and the customer portal are the best two places to get that look for that right around uh, the early part of december okay great
0: that sounds good so anything else that you want to share with the farmers uh the owners the farmer owners
2: of this cooperative about what's going on well you know we've just got a ton of things on on our docket right now that we're working on in, in many ways from the shell rock soy processing to um, some refined approaches to the business structure we have, to put them at the center of everything we do. That hasn't been lip service, it's been truly meant. And we got some exciting things to announce on that during the, the days and weeks ahead. So I would tell you, uh, we take our critical success factors serious, putting them in the center as our farmer owners of everything we do, having empowered employees to be able to make decisions and deal with our farmers right on the spot. And then last is continuing to lean into innovation and what that future holds for them as our farmer owners and us as a cooperative and we have an obligation to really look around that corner and bring that back to them. So um, look for continued work on that. And I just want to say a big thanks once again to every one of our farmer owners for believing in us, giving us an opportunity to earn that business every day. And I assure them this company, these employees will rise to that challenge. And uh, we got a lot of great stuff ahead of us. So stay tuned. And I hope to be a part of uh of more of these podcasts in the future as we have information to share, Tom.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say, you know, in conclusion, just want to thank you. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we look forward to chatting. We look forward to chatting
2: with you again in the future. Look forward to it as well. Thanks so much. And thanks to our farmer owners. And if I don't talk to them, have a uh, happy Thanksgiving.
1: That's all we have for you today. We appreciate you joining us for the bull bear banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to @LandisCoop. Co-op or drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week.